Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Mastering body composition is tricky. And with so much misinformation out there and pressure to conform to unrealistic ideals, it can really be depressing. I'm just being honest. And that's why I have Pratik Patel, a certified sports dietitian who has directed performance nutrition for the New York Giants and other pro and collegiate teams for over 20 years. And he's going to break through the noise and give us the facts. Pratik is revealing tactics for accurately tracking your body composition. We'll also discuss ideal body fat percentage ranges that support health and aesthetic goals for both men and women without extreme dieting. That's the thing. Like, We need to get out of the extremes on this whole thing. Like, We need to know what's real and what's not. Pratik's going to help us cut through the hype and embrace our natural body types for lifelong performance and wellness. So let's get right to it. Let's lean in and learn from the best. Pratik, what are some tips for long-term, I don't want to say weight loss, but long-term body composition change for busy people? Parents, like what are the fundamental things that you've seen as a sports dietitian working across general population, elite athletes, that if you just consistently apply these principles over time, three, six, nine, 12 months down the line, your body's going to start doing the things that it needs to do to have a healthy body composition. Like we've talked about with, we talked about previously about how to measure body composition. You've talked about, you know, being a, a dad and what that all looks like. Like what are those tenants that you kind of hang your hat on. Yeah. And what I will say is, you know, during the holiday season, what the studies show is that for each each holiday, so we're talking about Thanksgiving and Christmas, the average person can gain eight pounds at each one of those sittings. Because you think about it, if you don't have good habits to begin with, and you're already, you know, struggling with your body weight, and you become sedentary, you eat a lot of food, there's a lot of drinks, a lot of family, there's not a lot of like just activity and movement. This is for Thanksgiving and for Christmas? Yeah. So you potentially could be gaining anywhere between, you know, eight to 16 pounds over the course of this month, month and a half. And I actually had this conversation with a client. He's actually starting this month. He's like, should I wait until January? I was like, no, 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 no. If you even break even for December, I'm going to call that a win. Knowing that there's travel, there's really big family events, there's New Year's Eve. I'm like, if you were to wait and you didn't have a plan in place, somebody coaching you, then we'd actually have to reverse even more and do a little bit more work. Mm-hmm. So that's something to think about. So people always leave their New Year's resolutions to January 2024, even though they're driven, they're motivated, they're well-intentioned. I would say if you want to start in December, start in December, because you can get a chance to kind of put some of the things I'm going to talk about in place. So when we want to see body composition changes, generally when I work with somebody, I kind of look at three different main things. Uh, the first is just nutrition. So obviously the caloric deficit, if we want to lose body fat, we have to be in a caloric deficit. Now, again, if you have issues with the metabolism, you know, you have genetic predispositions. Now, obviously that's going to affect it, you know, potentially could decrease your resting metabolic rate. So you just don't burn as many calories at rest, but, you know, high protein, that's always going to be the basis of, you know, you want to check this box of getting in a minimum of 1.8 grams of kilogram of protein for the entire day. And that's per kilogram of body weight, which again, if you're not familiar with kilograms, that's close to about 0.8 grams per pound body weight, not lean body mass, but body weight. Studies have shown that's kind of like the nice threshold to what we want to start with, with people that are trying to lose body fat. Mm. And you can go high as high up to 2.5 or even 
you know, some studies show 3.3 grams per kilogram, but that's a lot of protein for people to intake. You're going to get the meat sweats doing that. Yeah. People are going to be like, you're going to have me buy all this protein. <laughs> it's expensive of macronutrient. I'm like, all right, let's just start at, you know, 0.8 grams per yeah. pound or 1.8 grams per kilogram. So with that, it's just, again, I think giving yourself this feeding window. So you've heard a lot about intermittent fasting, time-restricted feeding. And the truth of the matter is it works for a lot of people because it gives them procedure or protocol to follow. You know, right now, a lot of people struggle with eating because they're just eating ad libitum. No one's told them that, hey, you probably shouldn't be snacking. And the things that you're snacking on aren't supporting your health and body composition goals because you're not eating as much protein as you need to. You know, you're not getting filled up by the foods that you're eating because there's a lack of protein and fiber. So nutrition is a big part of that. You know, eat a caloric deficit, eat a good amount of protein, get plenty of, you know, fibrous foods, complex carbohydrates, healthy fats. That's generally the nutrition basis that you want to follow. And the next is there has to be some kind of exercise and movement. So physical activity is the big umbrella. If we break that down, we have, you know, structured workouts that you're doing and then just daily movement that you encounter and participate in. So we know that when we get in a caloric deficit, muscle protein breakdown increases. So we don't want to lose muscle mass. We want to lose body fat. You know, ultimately, there is going to be a little bit of muscle mass loss. And this happens with all different types of populations, athletes, bodybuilders, adults like you and I. We know that's true, but that's okay. But we want the majority of what we're losing to be fat mass. So mm. the way we're able to maintain that muscle mass or hold on to it is we got to do some kind of resistance training. Now, you don't have to be a gym hero and do barbell movements and dumbbell movements, but something, whether it's body weight, bands, uh, machines, minimum of two times a week. Generally, just trying to fit in with what your schedule allows and what your lifting age is and your comfortability of engaging in some of these movements. Obviously, if you need to hire a personal trainer or a coach, that they can guide you through all of that. But that's one of the biggest pieces of being able to maintain the muscle mass we have. And then just get moving. Like you and I have kind of talked about this quite a bit. Like one of the biggest, easiest fat loss hacks is just to increase your step count. Yep. A new meta-analysis came out and said that magic number is 8,800 steps in terms of, you know, health improvements, decreasing risk of chronic diseases, all-cause mortality, all that stuff. So that company that created the pedometer that talks about 10,000 steps isn't too far off. So that arbitrary 10,000 steps per day is somewhat close. You know, so if you're not someone who knows how much you walk, you know, it could be your, your phone, your Apple Watch, you know, if you have a wearable, even, you know... I'm one of those people that I have a pedometer and I use it. You sent me a me. picture once. Yeah. Uh, like you texted me a picture like, hey, Eric, you know, I'm getting back on this now. You know, it was like a month or two into what's your baby boy's name again? Veer. Veer. When Veer was born and I was like, my man, <laughs> you're going old school. You told me that, you know, one of the biggest things that new parents just take for granted is we become homebodies because we feel like, hey, we have to be there for our kid. We can't leave, you know savor every moment, which that's all good and well-intentioned, but it doesn't, it's not healthy long-term and, you know, making sure I get some sunlight, even though it's cold here in the Midwest, you know, I can still walk outside, you know, I'm a big boy, I can put my pants on and deal with the cold and cold's good for us to get my steps in, you know, make sure I'm moving around the house and not just, you know, getting a thousand steps in per day. It's like, no, I can get the benefit of keeping me lean, but also just the cognitive and mental benefits of just being a human being that moves is really, really important. It's such a huge fat loss hack too. Absolutely. So the nutrition piece, you know, caloric deficit, 0.8 grams per pound of body weight, 
you know, shrinking your feeding window works. I mean, it just does. And movement, like you got to move. One of my little hacks is like I do most of my calls now, if I can, just over the phone, like forget Zoom, just walk. Yeah. Like yesterday, I hit 15,000 steps. I've already hit 10,000 steps today. Then it's 3.30 and I'm feeling good. That is huge. And you can get it done. If you work a job, you can get it done. You can... I wake up in the morning. First thing I do is walk for five to 10 minutes. Oh, come on now. Mm. Just like get up and walk outside. It just adds up little bitty doses. Put your kid in a stroller as long as it's mm. safe and go walk. They need to be outside. It makes them feel better. And then the high intensity aerobic stuff is really helpful too. You can compress time with the Tabata at your house. Now you'll hate your life while you're doing it. But uh, it was a long 20 minutes for sure. Yeah, I did that for a client. He's like, hey, I need two different workouts. One is uh, if I have an hour, I'm going to go to the gym. One is if the hour long gym workout doesn't work, I got to be able to do something at home in 20 minutes or below. And I'm like, okay, you're going to hate me for this. I just did body weight Tabata, like three or four movements. Uh-huh. And he was like, man, that was intense. I'm like, I know. <laughs> what did you do? Like squats, push-ups? Yeah, push-ups, squats, sit-ups. I think I threw mountain climbers in there too. Oh gosh, that's <laughs> awful, but it works. Yeah, man, it's really not as hard. And then I would just say, I would add the last thing is sleep. If we want to top this thing off, I know I talk about sleep a lot, but how it impacts leptin and ghrelin, how it impacts blood glucose, fasting blood glucose, ability to adapt to physical training and stress. And I think for 90% of people, if we were to follow these rules that you've outlined, you're going to be all right. There are outliers, of course, where you have maybe undiagnosed hormonal issues, or maybe you have stress things that need to be addressed, you know, maybe from therapy. I've seen that happen where people have done everything right. And then as soon as they started getting therapy for whatever was going on, the weight just dropped off. So we do understand that there are other outliers, but for most people, this is the recipe right here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you learned something new today about body composition, please do me a favor, share this podcast on social media. Take a screenshot of the cover art, share it, tag the podcast, let other people know so that they can learn alongside you and we can grow this Blueprint community. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.